Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today is a very special episode because we brought on Wally Stevens, who you have heard before on the show. He's the CEO of GSA for now. He's retiring at the end of the year. Outgoing CEO. Yes, outgoing CEO. But he is also uh, the founder and he likes to be called the Dean of the Future leaders program from the National Fisheries Institute. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we have him joining us to talk about the history of the Future Leaders Program. But we also have Milena Lewis, who is the Director of Communications at NFI, to talk about the program and how it is now and how it works and kind of what she's been experiencing because she is a current student in the Future Leaders Program. So, Maddie, do you want to kind of give a quick idea of what the Future Leaders Program is for any listeners who might not know about it? Of course. And we're going to get much more into the weeds on this through this episode, but just for anybody who is unfamiliar with the Future Leaders Program, it's a year-long program which is designed to enhance the knowledge and leadership skills of rising industry leaders through a unique hands-on program focused on production, sales, companies, and the seafood industry. So it's a really one-of-a-kind program that's spearheaded by the National Fisheries Institute And we are lucky enough to have, as Wally phrased it, some bookends of the Future Leaders program. We have Wally, who's the founder, and then Milena, who works at NFI and is also a current leader in the Future Leaders program. So it's we really couldn't have had two better guests for this episode. Nope. It was a great, great conversation. Really, just a, a lot of feel-good conversations feel during good this. Stuff. And I want to, before we go into kind of our regular spiel that we do during our intros, I want to remind everybody that at the time that this episode is being released, the application is still open for the 2022 Future Leaders Program. So there's still time. The application deadline is January 28th. You can click the link in the show notes to fill out the application if you want to apply to be part of the 2022 Future Leaders class. So before we get into the weeds on Future Leaders and hear all about it from Wally and Melina, I want to remind everybody, as I always do, to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get every new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as it's available. Follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact us, visit globalseafood.org slash podcast and fill out the contact us form. And finally, if you enjoy this conversation and want to hear more from us, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. So we're sitting down with Milena Lewis, who is the Director of Communications at National Fisheries Institute and our very own Wally Stevens, who you've heard on the show a few times. You've been on the show, what, three times now, I think? Yeah, I'm looking for the royalties. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, once we start getting some money in, we'll let you know. Maybe. We really appreciate you guys coming together because this is a really cool opportunity that we have to talk about the Future Leaders Program, which is something that's going strong. We know we have a number of employees here at GSA who have gone through that program. I'm sure there will be more that go through it in the future. But we also are fortunate enough to have Wally here, who is the, he wanted me to call him the Dean. Uh, He's the founder and the Dean of the Future Leaders Program, which is um, 
you know, we, I, I think Milena said they refer to him as the father of the program. He's the reason <laughs> yes. it exists. And so uh, we're really excited. And Wally, I want to start off with you. I want to have you talk about what your vision was and how, how this came to be and kind of what the idea behind Future Leaders was when it was started. Sure. Well, thank you. And what it is now, obviously, we're going to get into too. Well, you know, success has many fathers. Failure uh, is an orphan. And the Future Leaders Program is clearly had many fathers and mothers and supporters over its years. It started in 1998. Uh, and the idea and the goal uh, early on was to afford an opportunity for women and men to form a network in a pre-competitive way to benefit the seafood industry. Much in the way that many of us over lengthy careers did through NFI conventions and serving on committees, et cetera, et cetera. But we wanted to accelerate that process by putting every year folks in uncomfortable positions so that they could trust and lean on one another to come up with solutions and, and at the end of it, trust one another. It really was about networks and trust. And I, I, my sense is those, those goals and those aspirations haven't changed a bit over 23 years or however many years has been. Can you, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I do want to interrupt. When you say uh, in uncomfortable situations, what does that mean? Sure. So uh, earlier on, and I think it continues, the survival at sea uh, experience in Seattle. Earlier on, um, uh, we had cooking competitions uh, when we were in Boston at the BU Culinary Center. And the first one of them, um, the chef who demonstrated how to cook seafood, was Jacques Pepin. And Jacques came to us by virtue of an ask from Ken Coons, whose son is Senator Coons today from Delaware. So. There are a lot of points of connection within the seafood industry. But at this cooking program, we broke the teams up into four or five folks each. They then had to go behind uh, the podium to individual kitchens and cook the meal, the seafood meal that Jock had prepared for everybody to see. That meal was then judged by Jock and his guest judge, Julia Childs. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And wow. it was an experience of a lifetime for all of us uh, <laughs> to see Julia Child in person sampling the um, cooking of amateurs. Oh, my goodness. But really, we wanted men and women to understand what a chef goes through yeah. in preparing mm -hmm. seafood. Uh, and I think, again, it was just one of, the, one of those wonderful bonding experiences for uh, that particular class. And, and it, we've done things like the uh, uh, working on, on projects for the uh, building buildings in New Orleans. I think there's still some of that going on today. Wherever you can put men and women into situations where it isn't about them and their business, but it's about them and our industry, you really have got a winning proposition. And that's what we were 
we were hoping to do. And I, it's my proudest legacy in the seafood industry. Well, that's why we wanted to take an opportunity before you retire here to celebrate that and to, to talk about, you know, highlight this program. What, what was kind of the structure of it back then? Because I know it, it's evolved a little bit, right? It's a little bit different in structure now than it was. But what, what, how, how did it work? Well, initially, we tried to get 20 men and women. I think we got three women and 17 men uh, <laughs> into the program, whom I might add, those of whom are still in the industry, are presidents or CEOs of their businesses. Wow. Um, they have done uh, extremely well in, in the industry, and the industry has benefited by, by what they've done. There was an application process uh, that came in and went into NFI, as it does today, and decisions were made as to, you know, who got into the program and who didn't. Initially, it was anybody who applied, uh, they got in. Early on, it was clear that we needed to get greater diversity in the program, and so we, str we strived every year to get more representation from women. Mm -hmm. uh, in the program, and I think that's been an important uh, goal that has been achieved and really been achieved now by the leadership at NFI. So you started out with kind of a pulse application, right? If you, if right. you have a pulse, you can get in. And <laughs> right. Then, uh, so how did that grow over the... How many years were you directly involved with it? Well, well we started in 1998, yeah. uh, and I became chair of NFI in 2001, uh, right after 9-11, I might add. Oh, right. And... I think you've shared that story with us. on. Yeah, that. and so uh, the future leaders uh, at that time did meet in person, and they wanted to meet in person uh, for their, quote, commencement. And we did do a commencement for them in Los Angeles in 2001, and we had a conference in 2001. It was the first conference that was held, I think, in Los Angeles area after 9-11. But the seafood industry is resilient, it's strong. It's men and women want to come together. They want to be with one another. It's still a relationship industry uh, that that makes it so rewarding, you know, for those of us that have the privilege of, of of being in it. It is pretty old school in that regard. I know I've been to a number of industry conferences where it, it is old school networking is still king in the industry, which is kind of cool. Okay, I want to hear some of your stories because I know you have some. But while we kind of have an idea of how it started and what it was like in, in the beginning. Milena, talk to us about what the program is now and how it works. And believe it or not, Milena is actually a current student. She's going through it right now. When is your commencement? Our commencement will be at the Global Seafood Market Conference in January. So very excited. Um, this year, yes, coming up. This year was a little different for us in particular. We were actually virtual as we were still, you know, dealing with the global pandemic. But um, to say what is going to be different and how it's involved is that uh, Future Leaders is typically hosted in host cities and Future Leaders will travel around the country into areas that have longstanding connections to seafood um, and important impacts to, to our industry there and in those communities. Um, and then participants in the Future Leaders program will immerse themselves um, not only within the community of the Future Leaders, but within the experiences. Um, and they're really, really cool. Um, everything from yeah, survival at sea to st uh, cold storage tours, um, but also studying public policy and the impacts that it has. Um, so the program really brings together industry professionals 
that work through from bait to plate through the entire um, value chain and um, builds really important connections in a very collaborative and intimate um, environment. And that's something that we always hear from from future leaders is just the instantaneous bonds and connections that get made in such a short amount of time in the future leaders program. Um, so I think the heart of it, as Wally has said, that we're an industry built on relationships and connections that is still so vital and so true of the program today. Um, one thing that has changed is the class size. So it, it was particularly small. Now it's expanded to include 40 future leaders each year. And oftentimes we actually have a wait list because the interest is so, so great. And so that's really exciting. And we see the program um, continuing to grow in that way from, from the participation. How does that make you feel, Wally? I think it's, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I'm reminded of the public policy uh, work early on with the Future Leaders Program in that we would have one session in Washington, D.C., but then we would go out and stomp the congressional staffers in softball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I have a number of T-shirts that speak to us versus the congressional staffers <laughs> and, and what they had to do once we, we beat them badly. And we oh, had yeah. some real... We had some really great softball players. So, <laughs> how did that come about? How did that get organized? Oh, uh, the, these folks at NFI have connections like you wouldn't <laughs> believe. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. They, 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 and the and the staffers are the ones that are really the ones that you need to get to know. You're not going to get to know very often a congressman or a senator, um, but you uh, you can get to know their staff people, and it's the staff people that do a great deal to inform uh, the congressperson or the senator. Pretty influential. Uh, yeah, you know, on, on policy issues. So it was fun. You know, it really was, yes, it was work. It was a program that you had to have a good curriculum, but you also could have fun. So I'm curious, we talked about kind of some of the things that have changed, how that curriculum itself has changed. Like, what are, are there deliverables? Did there used to be deliverables from the students that, uh, you know, assignments or, or things like that? Was it one kind of group project that, that everyone worked on or were there individual projects? I'm just curious kind of what the setup was and what the setup is now. Initially, it was teams of four or five folks who joined together to, to come up with a solution. One year was habitat restoration. So today, the oyster industry that exists in Rhode Island is a consequence of a future leaders program early on that focused on habitat restoration of the Narragansett Bay in Rhode Island. Oysters were prolific prior to 1938 in Rhode Island. The hurricanes at that time uh, just eliminated that industry. But a future leaders class in Roger Williams University and Blount Industries really came together and came up with a plan to do habitat restoration. So there was, and there was a habitat restoration for Brownsville, Texas area, and some spawning areas, and for salmon in the state of Washington. Those were kind of competitive within the group projects. Uh, my sense today is more, uh, you know, a future leaders project uh, in total, but I'm I'm not sure of that. 
Melina is the person to speak to that, right? Yeah. So what what is a, what does a curriculum kind of look like nowadays? Yeah, so the curriculum um, still I think is close to to the heart of what it was built around. So um, there is there's classes that will take place in um, each of the host cities that focus on marketing, production, harvesting, workforce. You know, taking you through and connecting those dots of the seafood community, and then the class still. Um, pitches an idea, which is pretty exciting. It's like Shark Tank, um, but for, for the seafood community and looking at issues or opportunities that um, exist within our industry. And um, they come up with ideas of how to address those and then they pitch them. And then um, you are divided into teams. You can pick the project or project that you'll be on. And then um, you work to create the um, end product by the end of the year. So, you know, last year, the 2020 class focused on, of course, in the midst of the global pandemic, uh, the benefits of eating seafood for health and immunity, as well as breaking down the supply chain. Uh, I think we have a very interconnected uh, supply chain and showing how all of those those links work together. The um, 2021 class has taken on how to connect seafood to kids and how to get kids to eat more seafood with the dietary guidelines announcing, you know, that seafood is so integral at every step of the, of, of a life in the life cycle. So their one, one group project is looking at that and, and working with restaurants um, and independent operators and suppliers on how we can make that connection happen. Um, and then another class is taking on communication in the seafood industry and how um, we can get more um, transparency about um, the our facts and what we're doing um, and the truth of the industry out there, um, you know, more vibrantly. So those are the two classes that are the two projects, excuse me, that we have um, we've seen this year in the 2021 class. And so those projects typically start in the summer. You'll you'll pitch and then you'll work on them starting about in July or August. And then that runs till December where you'll make the final the final pitch and product. Um, and then it, it kind of, it gets, it's a real life project though. So it gets disseminated into the real world, which is pretty, pretty cool and unique. It's so interesting hearing how current events influence what projects people gravitate towards. I love hearing about the difference between last year's and this year's. It seems like everything is all really relevant to what's going on in the world, which is super necessary. It'd be interesting to see too what was relevant one year that we have figured out to a point where it's no longer a concern. Mm. We, I think back to how JA was founded, right, with the destruction of the mangroves, and and that is something that you don't hear as much about anymore. But I don't want to go off topic. Elena, <laughs> I want to know what project you focused on this year and how it's going so far. Yes, I focused on um, how to increase seafood consumption for children. Um, and it's been a fascinating project because I think we started with getting all of the consumer data and focusing on the consumer and consumer behavior and how that shifted. And then bringing it into the policy aspect where you have the dietary guidelines, you know, for Americans saying, you know, we need to eat more seafood because um, it is so critical for the development from babies all the way, you know, through as we age. Um, and making that connection and then developing what will be a toolkit that um, people in the industry can use to go talk to 
either independent restaurant operators and, and make the case for why we should include more seafood on kids' menus. Um, and, and so that's been really thrilling. I think the best part is the connections you make with your team. Um, and I'm sure the other team feels this way too. You know, you end up spending every Friday with them. At least we have over Zooms. And even though we'd love to be in person, I think we're all craving to be back together um, in a room. It's, it has been fun to build something, right? To build something that you see a need for. Um, and then to be able to watch that come to fruition um, and then be able to measure the success after it. Um, has been really, really rewarding. And just to work with a really smart group of people. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the best things too about future leaders and being a future leader. You just, you get to see the immense talent and, and just smart, quick wits of, of people in this industry. Um, and that's been really rewarding. So Wally, you, you talked about how in the beginning, it was not a difficult program to get enrolled in through the application process. I'm curious how competitive it is now, Milena. How how many people do you see applying each year? And how many, um, I mean, how rigorous is the application process now? How how difficult is it to get in? And if I were to apply, do I need a letter of recommendation from Wally Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely wouldn't turn a recommendation letter away from the Dean of Future Leaders. But <laughs> your inbox just got overloaded, Wally. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, I probably just flooded your inbox. That's true. Um, well, let me state for everybody listening. No, you don't need a letter of recommendation, so don't overwhelm your, your, your bosses <laughs> or supervisors. Um, but yes, it is a competitive program. Um, we just we see a large volume of applicants um, apply each year, which is why we have um, introduced the wait list. So we get, you know, well over, you know, 100 applications each year. Um, and how what that application looks like is you'll go to aboutseafood.com. Um, you can open the application from our website you will, there's an application form within that document that you will fill out. You can attach a one page written bio of yourself, uh, your seafood experience, and then why you would like to be a future leader. How would this program benefit you? Um, what do you see the value in for yourself for that program? Or, or what can you give to the program? Um, just in terms of the growth and the professional development of your leadership. Um, and that's, that is, that's kind of the application process, the paperwork in a nutshell. Um, and then I think the most important part is to remember that the deadline for next year's class, um, which would be in 2022 is January 28th. Um, and then you will find out soon after that, um, the, if you've received placement or not within the program. Yeah. This episode is purposefully airing before that deadline so that any interesting parties who are listening to this episode hopefully when it was released will have time to explore that website and fill out an application if they're interested mm -hmm. and i think for this application process this year too we're really excited we are back in person so we will be back on the road traveling the future leaders will be heading to you know florida california washington boston washington dc of course um, so when you're applying, we just just keep that in mind because we are we are back on the road this year. So Melina, you, after completing this program, you receive a certificate, correct? That's is this an accredited program where you can count it towards credit or anything, or how does you know what what is the significance of completing the program? Yeah, the significance of completing Future Leaders is 
the I think is the trajectory that you see people take in in the industry. As Wally mentioned, m- m- many of the participants that went through Future Leaders are now CEOs of companies um, or in executive positions within the industry, and so you can chart that success trajectory of of what the program of those who've gone through the program um, get and how they also help this help this the industry, you know, advance and evolve, you know, from the projects and um, taking on what is current events today. So they're, they're leaving a legacy within the program itself, which, um, which is incredible. And I think it's the lifelong connections that you see within the industry. It's a tight knit community. Um, And so you get to, to have that as an additional, um, I think, reward leaving the program that you have joined 40 people for a year, but you're leaving with, you know, dozens of alumni that are, that you're now a part of this very um, exclusive community. And um, that's incredibly rewarding as well. And that community will follow you throughout your career as a resource. Amazing. All right, Wally, you've said that this is your proudest legacy. And I want to know what were the moments throughout your time with this program that stick out to you um that that have kind of morphed it into such a point of pride for you what are what are your greatest fun fondest memories of this program and maybe some success stories that you can share with us from people who about people who have uh completed it well it's it's always about overcoming people concerns about a new idea which the future leaders was and Early on, it was thought to be sort of frivolous, maybe, that these people were coming together three times a year or four times a year. And in particular, um, God rest his soul, Chuck Bundrant uh, at Trident um, expressed some some concerns about the value proposition of the Future Leaders Program. Until such time as his daughter, Julie, became a a member of the class, was elected as spokesperson, spoke at her commencement, at which her father attended. And he came to me, and Chuck Bundert was a man of very few words. And he came to me and he said, I was wrong. <laughs> Turned around and walked away. <laughs> but those, those, are the, those are the indicators of, you know, maybe this is not a... Because people like Chuck Bundrant are special. We're special, always will be special uh, in our industry. So when you get that type of, of recognition, a year or two later, uh, one of the activities that that class had was for the uh, food banks. And they wanted to do a fundraising. And so they wanted to have an auction, the future leaders. And Molly Jakes, who works with us, uh, mm-hmm. was the auctioneer. And she now Chuck Bundren has, yeah. has come around to, he wants to donate his boat, vessel, for people to go fishing on. Wow. So, to talk about coming full circle, Molly sells the at auction to an, an inebriated group of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a seafood industry. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the event. Once. She turns to Chuck and she says, there's a lot of interest in this. How about if we sell it again? Twice. (laughs) (laughs) She sold it three times. Muscle (laughs) Molly. Whoa. And and again, you know, those are the memories and the affirmations that 
that from people who have really invested their sweat and equity in this industry, that educating and, and allowing young men and women to think outside of their, just their own companies is important. To think in a, in a way that's what I call pre-competitive. Um, you're blessed if you work for an organization that allows you to, to do some things that are for the, for the good uh, of, of the industry that you're in. And NFI is, is all, about, all about that. So I, I think, you know, getting affirmation from people who you respect that what you're doing is, is important, is, is valued, uh, and then seeing, what today, 100 applicants for a program that has 40 seats, whatever it may be in it, is a further affirmation to see the men and women who have risen to leadership positions in their companies and in NFI. Chairs of NFI have come from the Future Leaders Program. Um, uh, I think one of the first women chairs, Kim Gorton, was in the second class of the National of the Future Leaders Program. So it's 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 seeing the success. You know, life is always about enjoying other people's success. I love that. You know, and if you can, if you can create a vehicle that allows other people to find themselves and be successful. Then that's that's the reward. That's beautiful. I think the Future Leaders Program is a perfect example of being able to recognize and celebrate other people's successes. Melena, what uh, you know, you're you're wrapping up your experience here soon. Your commencement's coming up next month in January. What um, what's been uh, kind of the most memorable, the the highest moment for you during your uh, your class? Yeah, I, I think some of the, the best moments has have been um, at the start of the program, we were asked to to look at the look at the class just because there, you know, there's quite a few of us, but to to get out there and, and start meeting people right away, especially in a virtual environment, which we were for for last year, but not this coming year. And um, or excuse me for this year, not the coming year. And I enjoyed jumping, as simple as it was, jumping on the line with six people I did not know and hearing their stories. Um, they, they all came from different aspects of, of the industry. Some were sales, some were retail, uh, some were production. And it was just so nice to, to meet them and understand where their lens was in the industry, but where we had the common ground and the commonality. And that was really exciting. Um, I enjoyed the sessions, even though that um, we did have a have them virtual. We took a uh, tour of uh, the MV Calvert, um, and that was so cool to see um, just how technology and innovation um, in building ships has really changed. Um, it, it just was like an incredible experience. And then I think it was uh, joining the the group project. Um, and, and joining that team and working on something that you, you really believe in and you can see making a difference in a community um, and, and therefore for an industry. And I think I do think, though, I think the best moment hasn't come yet. I think the, the most rewarding moment will be after we complete our final presentations and knowing that you went through this unique, one-of-a-kind experience with a very tight-knit community and that you accomplished it together. And so I think that that at the very end um, 
of our time in the program will be the most rewarding. I'm realizing that we didn't really get an introduction to what NFI does. So for any listeners who aren't familiar with NFI, Melina, could you provide just a quick, I know this might be hard because NFI does a lot, but a quick (laughs) summation of all of the work that NFI does for the seafood industry. Yes, definitely. So the National Fisheries Institute um, represents the the seafood industry um, from healthy eating to sustainable fishing, um, you know, to can you know to the marketplace. We just work to ensure that the media consumers and regulators have the fact uh, the facts about seafood, and it's our job to to make the lives of those working in the seafood industry easier whether that's working on Capitol Hill with regulators or in the media, we work with those entities to make sure that it is easy for um, the entire industry to bring fish from bait to plate very easily. Oh, I, th- I thought you froze. I'm sorry. So I am the only one who can actually see you. So, oh, okay. <laughs> but you, you don't know that. Oh. So I, 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 I'm, key, I'm, I'm keyed into your every, every word. No, no, no one else can see you but me. Uh, but my question is about past projects and more importantly, the project that you're working on this year, where, where do those findings live? Where are the, yeah, I, let's just start where there. Can people learn. Yeah. More where about- can people learn more about what's happening and, and any sort of findings or outcomes that come from these projects? So that's a really great question. Um, so on aboutseafood.com, under our about section, which you can find at the top of the page in our navigation bar, there is a section in the about that is dedicated to future leaders and the projects, uh, the bios of the class, the application all live within that page. So you can stay up to date there um, with the 2020 projects, what will soon become the 2021 projects. And then the fantastic future leaders that are to come uh, will all be available and living on that page. Oh, that's excellent. Wally, did you have any questions for Melina? No, I, 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 don't, I don't have questions as much as I have commendations. The, the fact that NFI has taken a program under their wing, which in many ways early on, some of us individually kind of ran with. Um, and, and, and yet NFI every year, more or less, has put somebody into the program, um, and not as, uh, as the leader of the program or the leader of the, of the class, but as one of many, uh, teammates of the, uh, future leaders is a wonderful tribute, I think, to, uh, the staff, to John Connolly and, Judy and the folks at, at NFI for carrying the torch uh, these these many years, um, and and I I'm also taken by the fact that how diverse the forty men and women are who are in the class in terms of what they represent in terms of our industry, producers, processors, importers, insurance people, cold storage people, logistics people, technology people. It's the same aspiration we had at the beginning. We just didn't have that much of an audience to draw upon. Uh, So it's exciting to see, while we didn't have the diversity from a gender point of view earlier on that I suspect exists today, 
we did strive for the diversity in terms of segments of the industry because we wanted people to respect that there's more to the seafood industry than just what they're doing or what their business is doing. It relies upon a community and it relies upon a trusted community to do what it's doing. And NFI has always been that North Star for trust in the seafood industry um, in the United States and beyond. And that's, that's, that is a, a vital need that our industry has had and continues to have and that NFI fulfills magnificently. So with all that said, Melena, what is next for NFI and what is next for future leaders? So I think what is next for NFI and future leaders is um, there's still a good amount of work in the last few weeks um, for the program and for the uh, for the association as we get ready for the Global Seafood Market Conference. And we finalize those presentations, as we've talked about, and, and they head to um, be presented. And then as we turn into 2022, you know, we'll be keeping on keeping our eye on, you know, the the challenges of the supply chain that continue, um, issues that are impacting the industry and opportunities that lie ahead. And we'll be kicking off uh, 2022 with a new future leaders class, which is, I think, the best way to start a year. You start a new year with recognizing incredible talent, you know, growing and rising leaders um, and you get inspiration from that community um, and hearing their stories and and what they think about, you know, things and and where those opportunities lie. You know, they're in the driver's seat. That's a cool thing about the Future Leaders Program um, that I think is so, so great to kick off a new year with. Um, it sets a really exciting, refreshed feeling in a new year. I think it's just a great program. And Wally, I, I think you deserve to be as proud of it as you are, and probably more. And uh, Melina, I think you deserve to be proud to be going through it and completing it, and you know, for all the hard work that you've done in it and for it. So both it's a of huge you, accomplishment. Yeah, both of you should be very proud. And and I like to think that we, as a podcast, have supplied young people in the industry or people just joining the industry with a lot of I don't want to say opportunities, but you know, some inspiration for their careers, for building their careers, for starting out in the seafood industry, you know, through our career pathways episodes and some of the innovation episodes that we've done and stuff. I, I, I like to think that, you know, one of the things that we try to do is to offer some inspiring stories and stuff like that for people who are looking to grow and develop their career in this industry. And I think this program is a fantastic, fantastic way to do that. And, um, I want to remind everybody that the application is still open at the time you're listening to this, if you listen to it when it comes out. Before um, January 28th. Yes. January 28th is January 28th, 2022 is the deadline for the for the next application. You can access it at aboutseafood.com. I want to make sure that our listeners get that information. We will link to it yeah. in the show notes. Melina, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you want to share while you have the platform? And if people would like to contact you about anything else NFI related, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me today. It was great to speak with all of you. Um, 
I look forward to, as an alumni, for those that are applying, meeting the future leaders of next year uh, as an alumni and working with you in that capacity. It's been an honor to be a part of the program and work with uh, with everyone um, that was in the class. And I think it's it's an incredible opportunity from anyone from new hires to new to the industry um, or, you know, for all ages, 18 to 60, if you will, or older, younger. Um, to to throw their application in and and apply um there's it is such a unique experience to be a part of and if you have questions or would like to connect with me after the podcast um you know you can email me at mlewis at nfi.org Wally, what about you any final thoughts uh, yes, I'm retiring the end of December, so don't email me <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> any references or support for the getting into the next future leaders class. Money will be accepted. <laughs> but I, I know in my heart of hearts, some things don't change. And that is whomever is admitted into the program, the first time they come together, they'll look straight ahead. Deer in the headlights, wondering why am I here and who are these other people? <laughs> and when they've completed the program, there will be hugs and tears and joy and celebration for having met and and come to trust. And I use that that's a critical word for me mm-hmm. is trust. Have trust in one another. Uh, that you get a network you can reach out to. And that what you from what you can see, the seafood industry is in great hands. Awesome. Well, we won't tell anyone to contact you, Wally. <laughs> we'll link everything except your email address. <laughs> we uh, we really truly appreciate both of you coming on, uh, Wally. We're glad we caught you before your one more time <laughs> for your, before your uh, retirement. And let's be honest, I'm sure we'll continue to see you around and probably sure. have you on again because let's be honest, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you both so much for joining us for this, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening. And see you we'll, next time. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Remember. January 28th, that's the deadline. 2022. January 28th, 2022 is the deadline to get your applications in for the 2022 class of future leaders. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to fill out that application. Do not contact Wally or any of us <laughs> to give you a recommendation letter because... Uh, he's retiring. You, he's retiring and a letter from us may probably won't help you. So <laughs> remember to check that out and check out everything else that NFI does. Definitely an amazing organization that is helpful to all of us in the industry. Remember, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get all those new episodes directly downloaded to your device as soon as they're available. Find out what we're doing on Twitter by following us at Aquademia Pod. If you want to contact us, fill out the fillable form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And finally, since it is the season of giving, we would love it if you would give us a rating or review <laughs> on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. It really helps the show out and brings us up in the charts and helps spread the word about the message we're trying to put out there. That's right. So this is the end of the year. So next week is going to be our end of year recap episode. It was a fun one. So get excited. Things are going to start winding down and we will talk to you then. Ciao. Bye. Bye.